0: Today with Marilyn and Sarah. We are really excited to spend some time with you today. And I wanna encourage you, you might be watching and you have some needs in your life. A lot of times we struggle with decisions. Sometimes we struggle with health issues. Sometimes we have marriage or family struggles and we want to pray for you. So hop on the phone, get on the website, give us the privilege and opportunity to pray for you. And that's exactly what Victoria did. Um, She called to say she needed prayer for some mental struggles she was having and had had for more than 10 years. After receiving prayer, she felt God completely lifted that mental uh, struggle, disability that she was wrestling with. So God answers prayer. And partners, I just want to thank you so much for helping us to cover the earth with the word. We couldn't do what we do without you as our partner. So thank you. And the anointing on us for the word, for nations, for healing, uh, that comes on our partners as well. So thank you again for being such a tremendous blessing. And, Mom, we have a really cool guest that we're interviewing today. Oh, the best. Tell us about our guest.
1: The best. I've known him forever, and he is something else. Our guest is Andrew Womack. And, you know, he's well-known. And he has a book out called More Grace, More Favor. I like that because I need it, frankly, always, and so do you. So it's going to be an awesome time. You don't want to miss one minute of it, and you want to call people and get them involved because, folks, sometimes people just need a word, and if you can encourage them to get the word today, that's important. So call us for prayer. Call us for the book, and remember, this can be the best day of your life. Why? And I say this because Jesus Christ lives
2: The Jehovah Rapha oil vial with oil prayed over by Marilyn and Sarah. Our exclusive partner CD set, which includes six CDs featuring 12 never before released teachings. The Majesty coffee table book featuring beautiful representations of the names of God and more. If you have a passion to reach the lost and are ready to release the anointing of God into your life, then join us today by becoming a partner. Call or click today and help Marilyn and Sarah cover the earth with the word.
0: Thank you so much for joining today with Marilyn and Sarah. Oh my goodness. I'm really, really excited to have you join us today because I get to introduce to you Andrew Womack. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you.
1: God bless
3: you.
0: Totally (laughs) stoked that you're here and... Not everybody, I don't know how, but not everybody might know who you are. So can you give us a little bit of a thumbnail, and then we'll jump into your book.
3: Well, I'm a teacher, and uh, I have a television ministry. It's worldwide. We have our media buyer says it's 3.2 billion people can get our program on a daily basis. And then I have um, books, CDs, a lot of things, and a Bible college. And we have about 60 different locations scattered around the world. So... Mm -hmm. We're busy preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's awesome.
1: And isn't it fun?
3: It is awesome. I
1: can tell you love it.
3: <laughs> I do. I tell you, what a blessing to think yeah. that you could make your living telling people how much Jesus loves you. Oh, people.
1: awesome.
3: <laughs> awesome. That's
0: and funny. how long have you been in ministry?
3: I've been in ministry, full-time ministry, for 53 years. Whew.
0: That's just a long just time. about
3: as old as you are.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's possible. And, and Andrew, you have a book called More Grace, More Favor. So the key word here is more. And uh, why did you write about more, more grace, more favor?
3: Well, you know, actually, that book is a teaching on humility, and it's based on James chapter 4, verse 6. Let me just read that. But it says, uh, Submit yourselves, therefore, or that's the next verse, verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And this same thing is said over in 1 Peter chapter 5. So that book is actually a teaching on humility because when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he gives you more grace. Exactly. And grace is the ability of God. It's everything that God is, everything that he has, everything that he can do. That's what grace is, and you get more grace the more you humble yourself. But the uh, publisher wouldn't allow me to put humility on there because they said nobody will buy a book about humility. Mm -hmm. They think that they've got this nailed when the truth is we don't. So anyway, we call it more grace, and that's the byproduct. That's the benefit of humility. And humility has to be redefined because people think that humility is low self-esteem, Uh, being beat down and stuff. But that's not it at all. Humility actually, based on these very scriptures right here, especially in 1 Peter chapter 5, right after it says, God resists the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Then it says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You know, if it's done to you, it's humiliation. Humility is voluntary. You have to voluntarily humble yourself. I love that. Say that again. If you are... Humiliated, that is done to you. And there's a lot of people that when they get, like say for instance, their sin or something exposed, then they'll say, well, I'm so sorry and everything. But what it is, they're humiliated. They aren't humble. Humble is voluntary. And here's the way you tell whether you are humble or not. The next verse says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. So if a person is still taking the responsibility on themselves. If they are still under the pressure, if they're stressed out, if they're burned out, that's because they haven't humbled themselves. They haven't cast it over on the Lord. You know, let me give you one example that we... God has blessed us with a beautiful place. Both of you have come to uh, Woodland Park, Colorado and ministered. And God blessed us with this beautiful place. We have a total of 493 acres and we're developing a Bible college there. But when we went to get that place, we stood on the deck of that lodge, which you've been at. And they said, somebody else has got a bid on this. If you're going to get it, you've got to get it today. And I just hadn't decided yet whether that was what the Lord wanted me to do or not. And so I told my people, I said, well, then I'm not going to do anything until I hear from God. And they said, but somebody else has got a bid in on it. And I said, well, let it go. I said, God will have something else for me. And when I made that decision, I had my management come to me, and they said, that's when we knew that this was God leading you because you did not feel pressured. You didn't feel like Mm. you had to do something. It was in God's hands. And see, that's what humility is, is when you reach a place that, God, I don't have to make this thing work. I don't have to do this. You've cast your care about it over on the Lord. And sure enough, it turned out, I think that was just a ploy from the realtor. They say things like this all the time to try and get you to make a decision right then. But we waited until I heard from God and we got it and God's blessed us. Mm-hmm. But true humility is when you just are in a place where God, it's your will. And I don't have an agenda. It doesn't matter to me whether I get promoted or debased. It doesn't matter if somebody else gets to do it. I don't care. I, You know, I saw this just yesterday. It says... You can accomplish a lot if you don't care who gets the credit for it. (laughs) But when you are the one that's always trying to promote your ministry, promote your deal, when you have the stressor and the burden on you to do something, that's not humility. True humility, you can sleep at night.
1: And you share that in your book. Yes, ma'am. And you know, you can call in for prayer, but you can also get books Because books are missionaries. They work while you sleep. And this book is excellent because you say, yeah, you read my mail. I need to know. But you'll let it go. But if you have the book, you'll read it. You'll underline it. And again, we give people candy. It makes them fat. We give them flowers. They will give them the book. And you get the truth.
3: That's right. You put out a few
1: books, hadn't you? A few books. <laughs> Amen.
3: And you know, one of the ways that you can tell, like if you're in ministry, this is from my uh, experience, but uh, I have to have over eight thousand dollars per hour, twenty four hours a day, to pay my bills. I know you guys have a big ministry, and mm-hmm. it it takes a lot of money to run this. But did you know that I sleep good? I mm-hmm. sleep eight hours at night because it is not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first got into ministry, it wasn't that way. I struggled. And if we got behind, man, it was, I even, you know, I'm what they call a lucid dreamer. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I dream in color. I can start and stop my dreams. I can, in the middle of my dream, I can say, this is a dream and I can just let it go or I can change it. I can, anyway, I'm nearly awake when I'm asleep. And I had this dream when we were back in the beginning of ministry that we were behind financially. And that uh, I just was going to have to quit the ministry and go join the Air Force to uh, pay my bills. And so, like I said, I'm a lucid dreamer. And it was so real. I woke up and I was laying in bed thinking, oh, praise God, that was just a dream. And Jamie leaned over and she says, you know, it wasn't so bad that you had to go join the Air Force to pay your bills. And it turned out I'd been talking in my sleep. (laughs) So she heard that. And for just a second, I thought, oh my God, I actually did it. But it was just a dream. But anyway, see, back in the beginning, I used to have the burden of the ministry on my shoulders. But now it's gotten so big, I can't pay our bills. And so actually it's easier when things get way beyond your control. It's easier to turn it over to the Lord than when it's something that if I had to, I could fix it. And so humility is submitting yourself to the Lord to the degree that you've cast your care over on the Lord and God, it's yours. And if you can't handle it, well, then I can't handle it. And so... No reason both of us staying up all night. I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's yeah. so great. That's humility. You
0: might be watching right now. Maybe you're just stressed. You're under a lot of pressure. You got deadlines. You got finances. You have to have solutions. you got problems. You're like, oh, you know, you want to pull your hair out. We want to pray for you. So hop on the phone. Get on the website. We want to pray that you would uh, cast your cares on the Lord and that you would humble yourself. That it's not about you. But you just lean into God and say, "Okay, help me on this. Help me, help me." And Andrew, when you think about it, um, can you? Because again, having such a big footprint, how do you how do you keep in a state of of that relaxed? Hey, this is you. Instead of because sometimes that can come back on you. Well, a bit. part
3: of it is I hire people to do my worrying. Mm. And so they said, what are you going to pay me? And I said, that's your first worry.
1: <laughs> but if, you are gonna,
3: if you're going to impact a lot of people, and of course you guys know this, you have to delegate things to other oh, people. Yeah. And uh, again, this is an area of humility. A proud person will not give another person an opportunity to control things and right. possibly make a mistake because you're going to think, I could do it better. Right. And so it actually is a step of humility to be able to bring somebody else on and give Mm -hmm. them the authority Mm -hmm. and the responsibility and even allow them to make a mistake if necessary. But Mm -hmm. that's part of humility Mm -hmm. is learning how to trust other people and God. That's
0: exactly what we need. Teamwork and trusting God with people around us.
4: All of the Bible's greatest heroes share one common trait, humility. In God's eyes, humility qualifies a person for increased favor and grace. For your gift of $30 or more, We will send you More Grace, More Favor by Andrew Womack. Through this hands-on teaching, you will see how unsung virtue will position you to receive from God, increase grace, goodness, and anointing in our life, improve your relationship with God and people, and much more. We will also send you Sarah's book, Your Friendship with Holy Spirit, Marilyn's Grace-Giving CD teaching, and our Favor Scripture card, For your gift of $100 or more, we will include the Journal the Word Bible. This unique Bible lays flat, has extra-wide margins, premium paper, and is perfect for note-taking and journal reflection. Immerse yourself in God's grace and favor. Call or click today for this anointed resource. Thanks to you, 2021 was a year of continued increase in blessings. We have great plans for 2022, and with your help, we will accomplish them. We know if you sow your best gift at the end of 2021, you will reap an amazing harvest in 2022. For your generous year-end gift, we have three great packages which include new and revised resources from Marilyn and Sarah. For your gift of $50 or more, we will send you two inspiring books and a 21-day devotional. For your gift of $100 or more, we will send you all of Marilyn and Sarah's new and updated resources from 2021, which includes nine books, one devotional, and one CD teaching. For your gift of $1,000 or more, we will include the solar-powered world globe on a crystal base. Seed sown today will grow into the miraculous next year. Call or click to sow your best gift and get ready for 2022 to be your best year ever.
1: Your health to be better. Who likes to be sick? I don't. And I think a lot of our trouble is worry, fretting, fussing. Are my children going to be okay? Is my marriage going to be okay? What about my health? What about my wealth? Am I going to have enough money? Now, that's why I like this book so much because it deals with where you live. Because you can get into fretting or you can get into faith. I like faith better than fretting. I've done my share of fretting. It doesn't do well. And I think it it can keep me awake, and that's not good. We need to sleep. So we have Andrew Womack with us today with his special book, More Grace, More Favor. Now, he lives in Colorado, wise man, (laughs) has a wonderful Bible school. So if you say, well, do you know him? Is this the way he really is? Honey, honey. This is the way he really is. What you hear today is going to be sweet to you, provoking to you, and you're going to love every minute of it. So tell us about More Grace, your book, More Favor, and how you learn to relax and not worry.
3: You know, really, the way that I came into this was because I got born again when I was eight years old, the very first time that God ever nailed me over a sin. It's not the first time I sinned, but the first time I had revelation that I hadn't just sinned against my parents, but I'd sinned against God. Uh, I went to church and uh, the Baptist pastor preached a sermon on who's who in hell. And he not only showed the rapists and the murderers, but he showed good people. They were in hell, and that scared me as an eight-year-old because I thought, "Well, I'm a good person, and so I thought I was okay." And when I went home, I asked my dad, and he explained to me that no, there's good people that go to hell, and there's bad people that go to heaven, but it's forgiven people that go to heaven and and unforgiven people that go to hell. He explained it to me. I got born again, so. At eight years old, I got born again. My life has changed. The next day in school, they made fun of me for being a Christian because my friends could tell I got changed. So it was a genuine conversion. But I went to church, and church began to start teaching me that you had to do all of these things to earn God's favor. And without me realizing it, I became a Pharisee. I honestly, I mean... I I just turned 72. I've never said a word of profanity in my whole life. I've never taken a drink of liquor. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never even tasted coffee in my whole life. No coffee? No. I'm not against coffee. I don't think coffee is a sin. Oh, no. my goodness.
0: Otherwise, I'm... I know. I just had some.
3: <laughs> you got a scripture to stand on for coffee. It says you can drink any deadly thing. It shall not harm you. And
0: it's also in the Bible, <laughs> Hebrews.
3: <laughs> That's <No>. a... oh,
1: <laughs> oh, dear me.
3: But anyway, Sorry. my point is that I was living a holy life, but I was trusting in my holiness. Mm-hmm. And so when I was 18, this will show you how religious I was. When I was 18 on a Saturday night, what I did was I'd get together with my friends and we'd pray from 10 o'clock until 11 o'clock every Saturday night. For an 18-year-old, that's pretty religious. But uh, anyway, it's a long story. In this prayer meeting, March the 23rd, 1968, God showed up. And I don't know exactly how it happened, but all of a sudden, I saw myself as a religious hypocrite. I saw that everything I was doing was for myself and for me to get attention, I was trying to earn God's favor. I didn't love God for who He was. I was only serving Him to get something. And He just showed me what a hypocrite I was. And so in front of all of my friends, uh, I started confessing every sin I had ever done or ever would do. And like I said, I hadn't done a lot of the outward things. So, you know, Jesus said, if you've lusted in your hearts, you've committed adultery. So I started Uh, talking about who I'd lusted after, and I was naming names. (laughs) These These were all of my friends. And if you've hated somebody that you're guilty of murder, and I was naming names, and I prayed for an hour and a half. And after the end of the hour and a half, I just had nothing left to say. I mean, I had totally surrendered everything I ever had or ever would have to the Lord. And I was just laying in a puddle of tears waiting to see what God's response was going to be. And everybody in the prayer meeting was stunned. Nobody was saying anything. (laughs) And all of a sudden, this tangible love came over me. And for four and a half months, I was just caught up in the love of God. I was gone someplace. So I say all of that to answer your question. How did I come into this? I learned through that experience that all of my righteousness and all of my goodness that I was trusting in was like a filthy rag. And I humbled myself before God. And I've never gotten over that. And any good thing that God's ever done for me, I mean, again, I don't have the words to describe this, but if you ever see the glory of God, and I'm not talking about just intellectually, but if you ever see God in His glory, and see yourself relative to God, it'll make you humble in a hurry. Mm -hmm. The only way people can be proud of themselves and of their accomplishments is when they compare themselves among themselves and Mm -hmm. measure themselves by themselves, which the Bible says is not wise. But if you ever see the glory of God, you'll recognize that, man, at our very best, we don't deserve anything. It is the grace of God that makes everything available. And so that totally changed my life. And then the best thing that happened to me after that was I got drafted and sent to Vietnam. Because in Vietnam, I had nothing to do. And for 13 months, all I did was sit in a bunker and read the Bible. Wow! I'd study the Word 13 hours a day. And then at night, I'd pray four hours every night on Bunker Guard. And so I was spending 16, 17 hours a day just studying the Word and praying and I was a Baptist when I went to Vietnam. And when I came out, I went back to my Baptist church and they wouldn't—they didn't want me. I'd changed because the Word of God changed me. They kicked me out. Wow. And I'd gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it changed my life. And so anyway, this is how all of this started with me. And any person who's like, this may sound harsh to some people, but if a person is under the stress and, oh God, how do I solve this problem? How do I deal with this? you haven't ever really cast your care over on the Lord. You haven't really humbled yourself before God. You are, you're making the mistake that Eve made. In the beginning, when Eve uh, was tempted by the devil, he came and she exalted her wisdom and started leaning under her own understanding instead of just taking what God's Word said. Don't eat of this tree. And it's really that simple. If we were to just tumble ourselves and say, look, there's only one God and I'm not Him. And so, God, what do you want me to do? And then you do what he tells you to do. And whether it works or not, doesn't matter. I just had this woman on my program today, my television program, and uh, she's fighting Congress over this H.R. 5, this Equality Act thing. And anyway, we were talking uh, before the program, and she was saying, man, I was fearful about what this result was going to be. And, and basically, we just decided, you know what, if you really are humble and submitted to God, then you don't evaluate what God's telling you to do based on whether it's going to work for you or against you, whether you're going to get in trouble, whether you're going to be arrested. That's not an issue. If you're truly humble, it's just, God, what do you want me to do? And then whatever the results are, you just live with it. It's God's responsibility. But there's so many people that they are still too alive to themselves. They are still promoting themselves so much that if God was to tell them something that looked like it was going to be to their disadvantage, they wouldn't do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: that's not humility. Mm-hmm. So you have to say learn. that
1: again, please. If you
3: are debating about doing something because of the consequences and how it's gonna affect you, you aren't humble. You just need to find out, God, what do you want me to do? And then you do it, and regardless of the consequences, you live with it. That's humility is He's Lord, I'm not. And what did you tell me to do? And you just salute and say, Yes, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful because all of this is in the book, mm-hmm. too. And isn't I love what you just said. He's Lord and I'm not. That'll put you to sleep if you're worrying. <laughs> That's right. You know, that'll help you when relatives think you're crazy and nuts, and you speak in tongues. Oh, you know, and you say, Yes, I do, I do all the time. I love it. I love what it's doing. And it's, what can I say? It's a release.
3: Oh, it's the greatest way to live
1: because you don't have the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And see, you can call right now and you can get books because books are wonderful. They're gifts. Flowers will. Candy makes you fat. Books can make you rich in God and in many, many ways. So call us and we're going to be right back. And.
4: All of the Bible's greatest heroes share one common trait humility. In God's eyes, humility qualifies a person for increased favor and grace. For your gift of $30 or more, we will send you More Grace, More Favor by Andrew Womack. Through this hands on teaching, you will see how unsung virtue will position you to receive from God increased grace, goodness, and anointing in our life improve your relationship with God and people, and much more. We will also send you Sarah's book, Your Friendship with Holy Spirit, Marilyn's Grace-Giving CD teaching, and our Favor Scripture card. For your gift of $100 or more, we will include the Journal the Word Bible. This unique Bible lays flat, has extra-wide margins, premium paper, and is perfect for note-taking and journal reflection. Immerse yourself in God's grace and favor. Call or click today for this anointed resource.
0: It's such an honor to have this opportunity and this time with you. Andrew, would you pray for our audience to walk in humility and have more grace and favor? Amen.
3: Father, I just pray for those watching today. And I'm praying that, Father, those who are bearing all of this burden Mm -hmm. and care and they're stressed out and burned out, I'm asking that you just help them, Father, to cast their care over on you, knowing that you care for them, that you love them more than they love themselves. And so I'm asking the Holy Spirit to touch them right where they are. And Sarah and Marilyn and I agree for them, Father, and believe that you are doing that, that you're lifting that burden and that they are humbling themselves under the mighty hand of God today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
1: Amen. Well, I know that God wants to do big things in your life. So I do this because I make faith confessions every morning with coffee. You don't have to do the coffee. (laughs) And I believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so I want to thank you for watching. This is the best day of our lives, and we are going to see God move in powerful ways. And you can call us. And, of course, get books. You can call us for prayer. We don't counsel, but we love to pray. And may you have the best day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's
0: right. And, Mom, some people are struggling with fear and worry and anxiety and pressures and responsibilities, and we want to pray for you. Hop on the phone. Get on the website. God has more answers than you have questions.